what you just heard is Zombie Girl with an electro-industrial cover of The Cure's Fascination Street. It is one of a number of similar covers of The Cure that were compiled by Alpha Matrix, the Belgian record label that is best known for representing artists in the electronic body music genre. And as you should all know by now, when we begin with a song, that usually means a music special. Since it's February, that means the EBM Day special, as EBM Day falls on the 24th of February. In Europe, dates are the day, the month, then the year. So the 24th of February is 242. One of the originators of EBM is Front 242, a Belgian band. And so being the podcast that will feature around the 24th of February, this is our EBM special. You may be wondering why I'm recording alone. That is because Brandy is stuck on a bit of a cough setting, and she sounds quite a bit like that officious... Earth Lady from the Expanse. Very deep-voiced. So I, well, actually we, thought it perhaps best for Brandy to take a rest through this one and hopefully recover her voice. EBM is a form of electronic dance music. It is defined by straightforward, often pounding rhythms, four-on-the-floor style, overlaid with synthesizers and keyboards to produce the melody, and vocals that are often chanted, though not always. Percussion is a bit Teutonic and may have some metallic influences. Hand claps are not uncommon. Early EBM bands include Decrypts and Nitzereb. Many of these artists could be found on the famous Wax Tracks records of Chicago, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Now, this special won't focus on pure EBM. I think we covered that last year. This one's going to look at some of the offshoots, the sisters, aunts, mothers, cousins of EBM, which would include Future Pop, Electro Industrial, and other forms of dark electronic rock. So back to Zombie Girl, who is Renee Cooper of Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. Canada is quite involved when it comes to the electro-industrial scene, being home to originators Skinny Puppy and Frontline Assembly, and having the network label, which featured similar artists as well as other electronic and independent or alternative musicians, such as Sarah McLaughlin. Fascination Street is a very faithful cover, though certainly more electronic than the original. I like Renee's vocals very much. They remind me of Aria, a fellow Canadian lead singer. And you can find Zombie Girl on Facebook, should you want more information. Now for some obsessions. We're just about to get into finally playing Dungeons & Dragons. We've expanded our players by two, and... We'll hope to add more in the future. We've recently added a 
gnome druid to the group, so we're keeping to a magic user's team. Though I might drop my tiefling bard in favor of playing a cleric of the life domain so I can wear heavy armor and act as the team's tank and healer, which I think will help with this magic heavy group that everybody else can stay in the periphery casting spells and uh, using ranged weapons while my guy with his high armor class can absorb most of the damage and cast support spells. It sounds like we'll have a lot of fun. Everybody seems to be crafting characters around what appeals to them, which is how I want this campaign to go. I want it to be very character-driven, and I don't want people playing something just to fit some role in the team. We're going to play on alternate Thursday nights at a local game shop where they have tables available. It's a first-come, first-serve kind of situation, but uh, I think on a Thursday night we should do all right for a party of five or six or so. I'm very much looking forward to it. I did design the beginning adventure for a smaller group, but I can always add more baddies as needed. So it should be a lot of fun. I've missed role-playing and having listened to the Adventure Zone. I really do have the bug for it. Purple Fog Side, other than being an unusual name for a band, are Russian goth scene veterans who reinvented their own vision of Dark Wave, Dark Ambient, and Dark Electro in early 1996. They're technically heavily inspired by the 90s experimental techno and electro-industrial acts that were huge at the time, and they contributed to what we now envision as modern goth music. But since the aughts, Purple Fog Sides style is more refined and incorporates synth-pop and electronic body music. Their influences include Division, Dead Can Dance, Deform, Gary Newman, Graham Revell, Howyob, Carolyn Camera, Kraftwerk, Mellotron, New Order, Pet Shop Boys, Schiller, Skinny Puppy, Tears for Fears, and The Cure. Members include Pavel Zolan on vocals, music, lyrics, programming, and synthesizers, Veronica Yakovleva on vocals, and Art Nekrasov on guitars. Yes, you can have guitars in EBM. They are from Samara in Russia. Their record label is Shadowplay. And they were the number one Russian dark scene band of 2010, according to a Russian Gothic website. The song I have for you from Purple Fog Side is Psychomorph slash We Feel Naked, which I think is a lovely electronic ballad with some rather epic moments, beautifully orchestrated in my opinion. It's a bit long, at about six minutes. But I feel it doesn't quite overstay its welcome. So here's Purple Fogside with the elaborate and beautiful Psychomorph We Feel Naked.
Hollywood Kills by Pop Incorporated versus Uber Cool Kung Fu. Two bands from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a city well known for its musical history. Tons of bands coming out of that city. And you can find that song on the Twin Cities Electropunk Volume 6. And a refreshing bit of news. They claim their genre is just simply electronic, with no additional qualifiers other than that. The band members are Brooke Calder and John Matthews, among many guest appearances. 
they split their time between Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Manchester, United Kingdom. They're on Ninth Wave Records. Their influences include KLF, Sparks, Lollipop, Human League, Duran Duran, The Shaman, Johnny Lydon, Adam Ant, Bowie, Madonna, Vivaldi, Information Society, The Orb, The Prodigy. So a lot of new romantic, some synth pop, some power pop, a little post-punk. Mostly anything from the 80s. I really like the song. It reminds me of the Los Angeles-centered songs from missing persons, such as Walking in L.A. or L.A. Drag. Songs that you can imagine playing on the Sunset Strip as you're just cruising. It's a bit flirty, a bit sexy, but also a little seedy, a little dangerous. And even within the lyrics, there are certain warning signals as to life in Hollywood. Though from what I've heard of people living in Los Angeles is the people there are actually quite friendly, but it really helps if you're in the industry, because that's where industry people live. So if you're not somehow into entertainment, then living in LA just seems a bit odd. Once again, you hear electronic elements plus guitar melding quite well for what's a quite a catchy tune and pretty cool too it's got a nice sleek sound i think okay news and reviews brandy and i did go see the lego batman movie and enjoyed it immensely it was our valentine's day movie we got the luxury seats some nice recliners and had a very private area though there was a family just to the left of us but in these luxury seats we might as well have been in our own room there was an odd thing is i don't know if this was the way the person laughed or they were actually trying to shush everybody after they laughed as if what we were watching wasn't a comedy as people were laughing you suddenly hear or something to that effect like somebody was trying to shush us shush us but that died down towards the middle half of the movie. I don't know if somebody got it through their thick heads that we were watching a comedy, or if they left, or what happened. But it was very odd. And at first, I wasn't sure if I was going to be, you know, managed to pay attention to the film as much as I could if every time people laughed, they got shushed. Anyhow, just like the Lego movie, it's pretty action-packed. It gets to the point really quickly. It's full of jokes. And visual gags. Uh, Brandy didn't hate Michael Sarah, which came as a surprise. I know Night of Living podcast. I think it was Kelly and Freddie who have this ongoing argument over Michael Sarah's acting. Is whether he if if it's acting if you always play the same character. But in this instance, he was very distinct from what he's played before. I mean, there's this boundless optimism in the character that you don't normally associate with. Michael Sarah, who is an actor you usually put in with Eisenberg. You know, kind of the nerdy, awkward, somewhat creepy type characters. But in this instance, it could have been Charlie Day for all you know, except less shouting. Love the cameos of various other superheroes and villains. Many of the villains being pulled from Warner Brothers films. And many of the fellow heroes, and some villains as well, being taken right off the pages of the shitty superheroes that the Black Dog podcast used to discuss before getting into film review. 
stuff like Killer Moth and Condiment Man. I enjoyed the theme of the movie, which I think it treated really well. It had a story it wanted to tell and told it quite well. Most of the choices characters made fit what the story required, much as you would expect a Pixar film to do. So I do recommend it. It is tons of fun, and there are lots of Easter eggs for those who are real Batman fans, even references going back to the 60s television series. Up next, we have a song for you from a Swedish artist by the name of Libra, who is Magdalena Krantz. And in live performances, she is joined by Marcus Fenson on bass and Andreas Horlin on keyboard. Libra is classified as an electronica or trip-hop band, but I think is one of those that expands past that, that crosses many genres. Her music can be found on Electric Fantastic Sound Records. The project started in 1997 by creating a number of pieces of music and then uh, dispersing it across the internet and gradually developing quite a following and then performing live. And so kind of a snowball effect, you know, just building small and then as the project goes on and building into a larger and larger project. The song is A Day Worth Time and can be found on the compilation Swedish Electro Volume 1. The vocals are well suited to trip hop and I like the musical elements, particularly the keyboards that have this harmonic quality. I do like that bell-like ringing sound and just a nice touch of some synth pop there. But who am I to say? You can decide for yourself. So here is Libra with A Day Worth Time.
equally catchy song is Flesh on Flesh by Advitum, who were formed in Mexico City back in 1997. As their music would suggest, they are a dark wave band, fusing gothic rock with synth pop and synth rock elements for a very modern sound that nevertheless has traces of their former influences, which include The Cure, Depeche Mode, Bauhaus, The Wake, Mephisto Waltz, Christian Death, Joy Division, and Clan of Zymox. There are quite a few notable things regarding Ed Vitam and this song, Flesh on Flesh. One, of course, is the vocals that are done in a cold wave fashion, somewhere blurring the line between passionate and dispassionate, that kind of emotionally removed, almost objective, but somehow also a little threatening. I do like that vocal style that you often hear in Dark Electro. It's more guitar-heavy than, I think, our previous songs, as you hear a full-on riff on electric guitar, and pretty noticeable bass as well. Advitum has a Facebook page, and they're on Bandcamp as Advitum Official, and they have a Twitter account, AdvitumMX. As you probably noticed by now, all the songs I've played so far are female-fronted. They feature female vocals quite heavily, and many of the bands are female artists who just occasionally include guest musicians. Since we've been on a kick in celebrating women the past few episodes, I thought I'd carry that over into this music special by playing ladies from the dark electronic music genres. And true, I did have to stray a bit from traditional EBM, as that tends to be more male-dominated. Yet at the same time, I've enjoyed so far the variety of dark electronic music that's been presented. Hi, Andy's Grandma! We're here to record a new episode of Night of the Living Podcast. Is Andy home? Oh, me so sorry. He no home right now. You follow me. Oh, Andy's room smells kind of weird. Yeah, really strange. He left his computer on over here, too. Hey, guys, why do you think Andy might have this mask of human skin? That's weird. Maybe you guys know why there's this machete in the corner. His computer's just knife enthusiast websites in American apparel. Oh, wait, there's another website here. Palaver.com. Palaver. Okay, Palaver. Whatever, I think... Palaver. Yeah, he's definitely got the serial killer board up right under uh, Night of the Living podcast discussions. Oh, Jesus. Uh, maybe we should get the hell maybe out of here. Maybe we should go. Yeah, I think we should. Hey, guys. You ready to record? <laughs> if you're a fan of horror films, you should check out Night of the Living podcast at notlp.com. Part of the Palaver family. Up next is one of my favorite genres, a double dose, a double dipping into Dark Electro. I already mentioned elements of Dark Electro, but this we're getting way deep into it. Dark Electro is also known as Insight Electro, Insight being the German word for the end of time or the apocalypse, so definitely music of the apocalypse. I've also heard it described as Electro, as in H-E-L, you know, Electro, Terror EBM, 
though that tends to be a bit more aggressive, more towards agrotech than uh, than dark electro. And dark electro is music that speaks to the shadow personality, you know, that darker side of our humanity, and it can be quite beautiful, oddly enough. I think it's the catharsis you get in watching a horror film or a terrible tragedy. It's like going to see one of Shakespeare's tragedies is, you know, Hamlet, where everybody basically dies at the end. But there's something in the message behind that as to why or how things can be prevented. For it's in recognizing the darker, more evil aspects of humanity that we better appreciate the light and the good. At least that's the way I look at it. So Dark Electro is something that's appealed to me for some time. I've even enjoyed the darker aspects of gothic rock before getting into Dark Electro. Certain albums by Gene Loves Jezebel, for instance, or The Cure's Pornography album, which is quite heavy and oppressive. We'll begin with a song by Totem Obscura vs. Asylum. Uh, you can pretty much ignore the versus part because Asylum is another dark electro band fronted by Pedro Engel, while Totem Obscura is Nadine Engel. So together they form a couple of bands out of Germany. They are also on Alpha Matrix, showing kind of the range that that record label represents. So the song Warrior is pretty much how I described a dark electro song. It's quite oppressive. There's a lurch and crunch quality to it, very similar to grindcore, that the music comes across as a behemoth stomping its way over some village or what have you. But there are some lighter elements to this as well. Uh, the stringed instrumentation is something to look for that adds a almost medieval quality to it. And the vocals are interesting too, for at one time they're dry spoken vocals and the next seem to take on a choral type quality. The sampling is on point as well. So it's a pretty dense song really with quite a few moving parts all of which join forces to present a really cool song. So this is Warrior by Totem Obscura vs. Asylum. <laughs> Together for one purpose, justice. Everything 
Ionity is a dark electro band from Bonn in Deutschland, you know, Germany. There's not a great amount of information on the internet regarding Ionity, though I do know it is a female-fronted dark electro band, which is a bit unusual in its own right. And this song, Never, has a different sort of urgency than the previous song, Warrior. The first, there was this sense of inevitable doom about it, but with Never, there's a kind of frantic escapism to it, like a ticking clock or something. I think it's the faster pace, and I would expect you had noticed the computer voice mixed in with the singing vocals for an odd sort of dialogue of sorts. Definitely a pacey, thumping, electronic dance song. Uh, it's been a while since we've done anything in the limelight. Brandy and I have performed in the last two Wedding Toast shows, as organized by one Calvin Ditmore. It's an improv show based around an interview of a dating or married couple. The first night was the couple's first date, so that in itself could make it rather touch-and-go, but I feel like we did quite well. So far, and quite against my <laughs> own nature, I've started. I've been the first one out doing a mock toast in the guise of some character during the wedding celebration. I asked the couple what kind of music they were into. One was country music, the other was rap, so I was a country rap artist. And in the second show, 
the lady was a book editor, so I was one of her authors, <laughs> a gothic romance author known for being rather verbose. Brandy had fun as well. She, in a quite inspired moment, went on stage with Chelsea and Danielle as um, the bride's three brothers. The show has been pretty well received, I think. There's been applause breaks after each of the little mock speeches, and it's been an opportunity to play characters, which is something I don't generally do. I'm more of a punster, really. There's two more weeks of the Wedding Toast show at the Comedy Loft above the Ziegfeld Theater in South Ogden. There's one tomorrow night, which will be my last one, because after that, Calvin and Danielle will be out of the area, so I'll be running tech for that show, the very last show. It's been fun, and I've welcomed the opportunity to perform in this Valentine's-themed show. Future Pop, by the admission of Rowan of the Future Pop band V&V Nation, originated as a response or reaction to the number of copycat dark electro bands that dominated the 90s. For Vumpscut was quite popular on the dance floor, and just about every band afterwards seemed to mimic his style. And eventually, every song started to sound the same. So Rowan looked at dark electronic dance music and added a bit of trance and a bit of synth pop for what is now coined future pop, a form of music that currently is quite popular in the dark alternative music scene, with such other bands as Assemblage 23, Covenant, and so on. One such future pop artist is Miranda Cartel of Poland. Miranda is the alter ego of one Emanuela Robach, and she claims that her stage presence is more seductive, a bit more predatory than her actual self. I feel in the song we'll present to you, called The Way to Follow, that this flirtier side of her personality really comes through in the vocals. So this is Miranda Cartel with The Way to Follow Tape Piece.
Dance, never ending, chant of hate Rise, impression, start to play We won't realize the end of it all A summer dreaming desert Rise of villain souls Made it unbelievable Made it unbelievable Made it unbelievable I've got a dark in the sun I thought a plane begin the fall But now I find my world to follow
So you're probably wondering to yourself, is he ever going to play any actual EBM? Well, there you have it. That was Marichrome with Toxish Das Spiel, or Toxic the Game. And Marichrome's yet another Alpha Matrix artist, one of the more well-known, I think. And Marichrome consists of Marion Asima Kuchenmeister and Kai Ota. And as those names would probably suggest to you, they're from Ruggebiet in Germany. I dig that tune a lot. It is very Germanic, probably because the lyrics are Alf Deutsch. But there's some other elements in there as well. Um, reminds me of the Austrian band Lam Immortel in places. Has a touch of that new German metal sound, I suppose. Uh, quite a fun, rather bombastic in places tune. Oh, we're nearly at the end. I hope you've enjoyed this music special so far and enjoyed these female fronted dark electronic bands and so shout outs hey. hey my shout out is to the dungeons and dragons players that uh, have had to be rather patient when i've been putting things together and trying to get all my ducks in a row that'd be to brandy of course to matt to calvin danielle and chelsea and possibly chris we'll have to see uh, thanks for your patience in trying to schedule things and, you know, get characters generated and all that. I mean, there's still work to be done, but we're more there than not. I really look forward to running a campaign, and I'm excited that it seems to be a more character-driven scenario, which is... I think befitting of the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That just leaves one artist to play out on, and it's an artist I've been trying to work into the Dark Corner podcast for several episodes now. A friend of the show, I suppose you could consider her, as she often likes or retweets my Twitter posts under the Dark Corner podcast account. And that is Damsel in the Dollhouse, who is Nina Tucciarelli from nearby Montana. So, pretty close neighbor to us here in Ogden, Utah. She does have live performance support on keyboards and also on the mastering of her albums, Rob Robinson. So, Damsel in the Dollhouse is an electronic, gothic, dark wave industrial band. And she wears many hats and her Music can be quite varied. You can find out more about her from her website, www.damsonthedollhouse.com. And a lot of her music is available on SoundCloud, as well as Bandcamp. For influences, she claims Sergeant Sawtooth, who is Rob Robinson, uh, Hate Department, Devo, Brian Ferry, Roxy Music, great band, Gary Newman, Kate Bush, Susie and the Banshees, Duran Duran, Depeche Mode, The Cure, once again, Nina Hagen, and <laughs> Skinny Puppy. Damsel in the Dollhouse's music, as there is so much creative control over the project, can be quite experimental, and I think this song we're closing out with can illustrate that. Dolly Deer is a bit minimalistic, which I really like. I like minimal synth. And the vocals are as if Gwen Stefani did cabaret music. And if that sounds awesome to you, then we're about on the same page. It's a bit flirty, with some pop accessibility, 
but with the subtle sadness underneath. Dolly Deer, from what I can gather, is the story of a kept woman, more or less, of being a plaything to be dressed and undressed at will and confined to her own little tiny house. So to the careful ear, there's a bit of storytelling to the song as well. And one of my favorite moments is during the bridge when it gets a bit psychedelic. There's a really good breakdown towards the middle. With my respects from Brandy, I've been Evil Dave, and this has been our EBM slash Ladies of Dark Electronic Music special. And here is Damsel in the Dollhouse with Dolly Deer off the album Fairy Tales. Catch you later. Yeah.